Dr. Nori again, and welcome back to the second in our series of three podcasts regarding the new SEC security disclosure rules, or what we always refer to as moving beyond the checkbox. I appreciate you listening and hope you are finding this information immediately useful in return for the investment of your time. Now, some content. A premise underlying our interpretation of these new guidelines is the SEC is mandating clients to not just measure their effort to mitigate cybersecurity risk based on inputs, so much as they can provide proof of measurable success at containing risk within pre-established risk tolerances. They're asking companies to move from managing risk to governing risk, making it an active and ongoing regulatory compliance and reporting process inside the enterprise. And that is a significant shift. At a summary level, Regulation SK has been amended to include new Item 106 requiring companies to describe their internal and external processes, if any, for identifying, assessing, and managing material risk arising from cybersecurity threats. These take effect for fiscal years of public companies in the U.S. or foreign private issuers around the world, ending on or after December 15, 2023. They are also recurring annual filings. This new regulation does permit the inclusion of consultants, vendors, partners, or service providers who support your execution of these processes for your company if these actively supplement your internal efforts. That suggests that when you pick a benchmark partner like us, CyberCon IQ, whose patented and proven methods can help your organization manage its human risk profile to globally low benchmark levels when measured against peers, you may just want to highlight that in your filing. I know, enough commercials already. But do not be misled by the phrase, if any. For that is not really an option for any modern company, because no company is too small to be attacked or ever free from cybersecurity risk. The risk of a breach, since it will never be zero, is probably, for most of you, 100%. It means every company will at some point be attacked. And if that attack leads to a breach, they will need to disclose what strategies they had in place to actively govern and manage their cybersecurity risk to avoid a breach and why they weren't effective. This includes technical and human sources of risk, both of which must be comprehensively addressed. There will also be scrutiny on peer assessments between companies to ensure that you are doing everything that is likely expected of you as a competitor in a particular industry. As is always the case with most changes in mandatory disclosure required by the SEC, in the first year or two, there's likely to be a wide variance in the substantive content of these filings by various companies. Every industry faces a different level of risk, a likely different level of maturity among peers, and even differences in how and why they are targeted for attacks in the first place. However, the public nature of these disclosures will mean an obvious opportunity for the SEC analysts, the media, and including cybersecurity experts to compare the scope and scale of cybersecurity governance and management processes and outcomes. This creates both a significant risk and a significant opportunity for any one company to either substantially impress or not with the content of its annual filings. Expect that scrutiny of these in coming years and arm yourself by delving deeply and quickly into a thorough understanding of the maturity of your current processes, targets for improvements, and start assembling the documentary proof of same to include in not only your first, but in all subsequent annual filings. This will also require a closer cooperation internally between the security and compliance teams, obviously. 
In another departure from the draft rules, which require detailed discussion of the company's prevention, detection, continuity, and recovery plans, the narrower scope in the final rules focus almost entirely on a company's processes for identifying, assessing, and managing material risk from cybersecurity threats. While still broad, we feel that this is a more manageable initial scope. But as already noted in our prior podcast, the lens to be used when preparing these filings are those of a reasonable investor, in quotes. You must make the sufficiency or defensible insufficiency of these, stand, of these strategies relative to the level of risk you are incurring understandable to a non-technical audience. And that is not easy to accomplish. While discussions may include technical details, it must not use deeply technical terms, but rather offer plain language reasoning suitable for an investor. With our deep understanding of plain language policy creation and implementation, we know the value of this approach, and our focus on making cybersecurity training engaging, meaningful, and understandable to an all-employee audience, and our ability to make these complex stochastic risk models easy to interpret for an average non-technical executive, means CyberCon IQ offers expert resources and support to improve your cybersecurity governance and its description in your filings. In our evolving client experience thus far, especially under the new regulations, enhancing collaborative relationships between risk and compliance professionals and enterprise security teams must become an immediate priority. How can we get those two teams on the same page and working together quickly to enhance and then duly explain the company's efforts in terms that anyone can understand? Can you create and sustain a security-first culture that will hold up to external scrutiny and which is defensible by proving evidence of a measurable reduction in your cybersecurity risk? Finally, the filing must not just address the strategy itself, which is the role of senior management typically, but also the company's engagement with and the specific role the board of directors plays in setting and monitoring this risk to ensure it's within overall corporate risk tolerances. The SEC has clearly put forth the premise that cybersecurity compliance must be a top governance priority now. You are going to have to prove to the SEC that you are taking these new regulations seriously. Initially, the draft rules considered mandating public company boards to have designated and disclosed cybersecurity expertise, in quotation marks, within its ranks. Not that we necessarily knew what that meant. Also dropped were more intrusive requirements around disclosure of the frequency of board or committee discussions on cybersecurity. While these requirements were relinquished this time around, they give us all insight into just how seriously the SEC is taking this regulatory shift by expressing its intent to hold companies more accountable for showing actions and results rather than simply effort. In light of that, our best advice is to proactively define and describe board oversight versus management control as part of your first annual filing. Adding this resident expertise to the board permanently or by selectively making it available from external resources as needed should be seen as an investment in alignment to both the spirit and eventual intent of these new regulations. So as we wrap episode two, there's lots to consider regarding your forthcoming 10K annual filings on cybersecurity strategy and risk governance. Are you ready to shine? If you are not currently using our human defense platform, your organization is not getting the benefits of our patented proven protection soon to be appearing as benchmark low rates of human factors risk in other companies' public filings. 
If you want to join them in making a difference in your human factors risk, we can help you achieve these same results to include in your own future regulatory filings. Interested in learning more? Reach out to sales at cyberconiq.com or check out our online demo today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon for Episode 3. This episode of iq for You was produced by me, Adam Dashu, with special thanks to our host and content developer, Dr. James Norrie. All rights for this podcast are reserved to Cybercon IQ, Inc., and you can listen to this podcast for free on any of your favorite platforms or by visiting us at cyberconiq.com.